All right, it looks like we are on the air. It looks like we're going good. So let me hear myself from the other background. One second, people. Yes, we do. All right. And if y'all so kindly. Oh, how you doing, Kenneth, right? How you doing? Yes. Can you hear me good, Kenneth? Let me know. I want to make sure I'm not, like, um, echoing. Perfect. All right. We good. So, if I don't mind, everybody that comes in, while you step in, can you please like the video? You can share the video at the end of the stream. I want mine. Hold on. All right, good. Um, now, mind you, I have an ultra, very loud mic, so if I sound loud, I apologize. Hey, Kenneth. Well, actually, should I make you moderator, Kenneth? I don't know. I don't want to trust you. Not yet, not yet. But if you, if you, since you're here, if you don't mind, just tell people to like, like the video if you see people come in. Can you do that for me, Kenneth? I really appreciate it. Because I'm gonna be doing some reading, and it's not gonna like a lengthy read today. So, giving people a few more minutes. A lot of things has been going on lately, throughout the streams. A lot of craziness and you know, good stuff. But today we're gonna deal with some educational, and hope that after today people get a clear understanding of gold and I might drop a link after the series but we shall see oh. hold on a second gotta make sure um, paper is set it's, so you know don't mind if the audio goes in and out I apologize I'm using the, uh, the good old OBS system and you know with Wi-Fi and you know how BGS says you know I'm brave using OBS with Wi-Fi but you know you have to try new things you know because this is how you're not gonna be able to get things accomplished but other than that let us begin <coughs> as I clear my throat and I see my stream is working good alright this is the first chapter or I call part one and we go and we deal with the case of what is gold title gold and the fed unemployment and the precarious life of the workers that disappointment of expectation that suddenly loss of savings and excessive wineful to individuals and speculators the profiteers of all proceedings in large measures from the instability of the standard values and this is written by john maryland um keys monetary reform of 1924 so 1924-2019 we're looking at a process of 90 damn almost 95 years long time so 
let's continue. And I'm not gonna be looking through the chat room a lot, so if people are saying something, don't mind me, people. I'm just focusing. Is the Fed broke? The queer Fed refers to the consolidating Federal Reserve System, consistent of 12 separate regions. Federal Reserve banks, each owned by private banks in this region, by broke. We mean insolvent and excess of liabilities over assets, leaving a negative net worth. Definition aside, the question remains, is the Fed broke? I had occasionally to discuss the question with members of the Fed Board of Governor Regional Federal Reserve Banks, presidents, seniors, Fed staffers, and presidential candidates. Amongst others, the answer received were no, yes, maybe, and it doesn't matter. Each of these answers reveal a troubling aspect of the Federal Reserve. Let's look at these answers in terms and what the people provide them actual means. Now mind you, what you read from the first paragraph is when the man asked the question, is it broke or we not? You hear three different assumptions. Then I give you an answer. But as you can see the climate of the country in, we are not sure. But time has will reveal what really is going on. Since my good brothers from the gray regime and other um, outlets said that this country probably has like another three to potentially four or five years. But let me continue the reading. At a superficial level, the Fed is not insolvent. A glance at the Fed balance sheet at the time of this writing shows total assessments of approximately $4.49 trillion, total liabilities of approximately $4.45 trillion. And a total capital assets minus liabilities of approximately forty billion. And moderately, the Fed highly large about fourteen uh, to one. Of course, leverage amplifies the impact of gains or loss on the capital account. It will take only one percent loss on the Fed assets to complete wipe our or its capital. In normal stocks and bond markets, 1% declines happens all the time. The Fed balance sheets highly leveraged and hangs by a thread, yet not technical insolvent. This brings us to the concept of mark to market. As the name implies, marketing to market means taking each asset and reprice it to the current market price using the best available information hedge funds and brokers dealers do this every day although the results are report only periodically bank also use mark to market with part of their balance sheet some assess and market to markets some not dependent on whether the assets are healed for trading or long-term investments the fed does not use mark to marker accountings. What if it does? Or what if it did? Would that make it insolvent? The answer requires a deeper dove into the details of the Fed balance sheet. Short-term instru instruments such as 90-day treasury bills hardly vary in price at all. 
they are not volatile enough to have a major impact on Fed solvent even at marks to market. This or this is not true of 10-year notes and 30-year bonds. Both instruments are highly volatile. In fact, the volatile what is technically called duration. Increase at lower levels of interest rate. Of course, rates have been near all-time low for the past six years. So that makes these instruments especially vulnerable to large swings in market value. Now, when you say four years ago, this is this was written almost I I believe four years ago when this book was published. So let's continue. The Fed balance sheet lumps U.S. Treasury securities, known as bond anomalies, into a single category and shows holding of approximately 2.3 trillion as of the writers. The Fed then breaks these holding down by regional reserve banks. Of the 2.3 trillion held by the system, 1.48 trillion are held on the books of the Federal Reserve Banks of New York. That makes sense because the New York Fed ran open market operations for the entire system in a principality buyer of Treasury's debts under a various quantitative easing programs or easing programs known as QEs. In turn, the New York Fed provides a detailed list of all treasury securities owned under its system open market accounts SOMA using detailed information on the securities a daily price tickers and some conventional bonds map it is possible to mark this portion of the Fed balance sheet to mark the New York Fed data shows the Fed was making massive purchase of highly volatile 10-year notes during the height of the QE2 and the QE3 and for the QE2 these purchases were made from November of 2010 to June of 2011 for the QE3 the purchase period was September 2012 to October 2014 using these data alone the Fed was technically insolvent on a mark to market base a certain time from June to December 2013 in that period, the 10-year note had a yield to maturity of about 3%. Most of the Fed's 10-year note purchase were a yield of 1.5% to 2.5%, and that the backup in yields from the 1.5% level to the 3% level produced massive market-to-market -market losses on the proportion of the Fed portfolio, more than enough to wipe out the um, sender 60 billion capital cushion at that time. In the late of January 2013, just as yields were starting to spoke or to spike higher, I had dinner at a friend's home in Vala, Colorado. Joining as at a dinner table was a recent resigned member of the Board of Governor of the Federal Reserve who had been on the board during all of the QE1 and QE2 and the start of the QE3. I'm not one to tippy-toe around sensitive subjects. So after some cordial conversation, I turned in the former governor and said, it looks like the Fed is insolvent. The government seems to take a back and said, no, we're not. 
I explained, well, not technically, but on the mark-to-market basis, it looks that way. The governor said, no one has done that math. I replied, I've done it, and I think others have also. I looked the governor into his eyes and saw a slight flinch. The reply came, well, maybe. Then they paused, and if we are, it doesn't matter. Central banks don't need capital. Many central banks around the world don't have capital. Hmm. Hear that? No capital. I said, I take your point, Governor. Central banks don't technically need any capital. Still, that might come as a surprise to the American people. There's a good reason to believe Fed solvency could be an issue in the 2016 president campaign. At that point, I couldn't see our dinner host was getting antiseased. So the conversation moved on to more congenital topics like wine and skinning and skiing. <laughs> My point was not to get bogged down in technical accounting methods and the theory of central banking. My point was that the entire efficacy of the Federal Reserve and the dollar rests on a single point of failure confidences or confidence. As long as confidence is maintained, the money printing can go on. As soon as confidence is lost, no amount of money printing can save you. My concern is that the Federal Reserve is so dominated by MIT trained quants and PhDs that the policy makes get lost in the model and lose sight of the temperament of the American people and the trust America place in them. In early 2015, I had private dinner in Motown or Midtown Manhattan with another Fed official. This time it was not a governor but an academic specialist handpicked by Ben Bernikick and Jeanette Yield, or Yellen to handle Fed policies communication. He was nor a public relations professional or anyone of the public was much aware of. He was the ultimate insider with the office across the hall from Berniker and Yellen at Fed headquarters. A constitutional avenue in Washington, D.C., a fact Bernikick confirms to me personally when I spoke to him later. Again, I raised the topic on Fed insolvency on a mark-to-mark or the mark-a-market basis. At the time, 10-year notes yield had fallen back below 2% and a lot of the 10-year notes purchased in 2010-2013 had lower vitality because they had only 5 to 7-year remain to maturity. A 10-year note with 5 years to maturity trades like a 5-year note in terms of duration and volatility. It seems like that the Fed had recoupled to, mark, to market losses and was probably solvent at a time of our discussion. Still, I want to purchase the topic because rates could raise again, cause a new market loss. I was interested in the subject of confidence. Now the reaction was the equivocal than what I had encountered in Vail. In fact, my friend was categorically, we're not insolvent and never have been. It's all on the balance sheet. Have a look. In making this statement, he referred specifically 
to the period of higher interest rates in mid-2013 that did not face him. We never been insolvent. Case closed. Having done the mark-to-market math on the bond portfolio, I was intrigued. What was I missing? Did the Fed have some hidden assets that offsets the bond losses? It was clear that my friend was leading me in direction yet did not want to say so explicitly. I went back to the Fed balance sheet and found what I was looking for right away. In fact, it was the first line on the balance sheet called the Gold Certificate Account. Here it is people, Gold Certificate Account. Listen good. As it, as of this writing, this account was listed on the balance sheet at 11 billion and that line entry is the historical cause of the Fed's usual account convention. What if that mark the market just like the bond? Understand the gold certification account involves a trip back in time to 1913. In private owner, the banks in each district were required to transfer their gold to one of the regional reserve banks. This was the first step in transferring physical gold into fewer and fewer hands and topics we will return to. In 1934, the U.S. government effectively seized all the gold from the Federal Reserve and moved it into the hands of the U.S. Treasury. Fort Knox was built in 1937 partly to hold the Fed's bank golds and partly to hold other gold confiscated from the American people in 1930. So your gold is in Fort Knox, people. If anybody has anything to say where the gold is, please leave a comment at the end of this video and let me know something that I don't know. Alright. Let me continue. Pursuing to the Gold Reserve Act of 1934, gold certifications were issued by the U.S. Treasury to the Federal Reserve System, both to plug a hole in the balance sheet as we overcome constitutional objections based on the Fifth Amendment provision. Nor shall private property be taken for public use without just compensation. The Treasury took the Fed gold, yet gave just compensation in the form of gold certificates. Those gold certificates were last marked in the market in 1971 at a price at 42.2222 per ounce. Using the price and the information on the Fed balance sheet, this translates into approximately 261.4 million ounce of gold or just over 8,000 tons at a market price of 1,200 per ounce that gold would be worthy approximately 315 billion because the gold is held on the Fed balance sheet at only about 11 billion that marks to market gain gives the Fed a hidden asset of more than 3 billion adding 300 billion to the Fed capital account reduces the Fed leverage from 114 to 1 to a much more respectful 13 to 1 the capital ratio for most well-capitalized banks 
the hidden asset is more than enough to absorb the mark to market loss on the bond portfolio when they rise. It is also interesting to note that the amount of gold held by the treasury about 8,000 tons is roughly equivalent to the amount of gold claimed by the Fed on the balance sheet. Also about 8,000 tons of US gold supply dropped from about 12 to um, 12 or 22,000 tons in 1950 to about 8,000 tons in 1980. The drop of 12,000 tons came on to two phrases. About 11,000 tons were lost to dollar redemption by foreign trading partners from 1950 to 1971, the same year the gold was eventually removed, same thing with silver. Then another thousand tons were dumped on the market for free supposition from 1971 to 1980. Suddenly the price surprisingly scheme using United States physical, or physical gold was abandoned and the United States had engaged in almost no official sales since 1980. Damn. Is that because the Treasury is afraid to hold less gold than a theoretically owned to the Fed's 8 thousand ton a floor on a US gold board because that's how much the Fed claim on the balance sheet. It is so that the relationship is highly significant because it means the United States cannot dump any more fiscal goals on the market. It can only encourage others such as the United Kingdom to dump their gold or play the paper gold game through leasing operations. The Treasury is out of the game as a source of supply. Technically, the gold certification did not give the Fed the rights to demand fiscal gold from the Treasury. They do carry and imply moral obligations that in the attempt or the event of a collapse of the confidence in the Fed printing money, the Treasury will use its gold to support the Federal Reserve, another name for an implied obligation to support the Fed with gold is a gold standard. My friend, the insider was correct. The Fed was briefly insolvent in 2013 on a mark-to-market basis. If one were to look at it securities portfolio only, yet it was never insolvent when asking or when taking into account the Fed's hidden gold asset. The confidence of the entire global financial system rests on the US dollar. Confidence in the dollar rests on the solvency of the Fed balance sheet and the solvency rests on a silver of gold. This is not a condition anyone at the Fed wants to acknowledge or discuss publicly. Discuss publicly. Discuss publicly. You hear that? Even the passing refers to the importance of gold to the Fed solvency could start a debate on gold to money ratio and related topics of the Fed left behind in the 1970s. Nevertheless, gold still matters in the international monetary system. This is why central banks and governments keep gold in their vaults despite the public's disparagement of the role. Or disparagement of the role. And that concludes that part, part one. And as I check the chat room for any questions, to see if anybody had any questions. Okay. 
no one didn't really give no questions. So like always, I'm let people go back to this video, reflect what has been said. This is only the actual part one of it. Um, I hope you enjoyed this short little um, stream. Um, be on the lookout for the next stream of the continuum of to come. And what is gold? Is always the question. Good night now and take care.